1: Martinez Kiel.
0: And I'm Dale Denwalt. You're listening to The Source.
1: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them.
0: While the rate of executions slows nationwide, Oklahoma will become one of the most active states carrying out the death penalty. Execution dates are set for 25 people on death row in Oklahoma through the end of 2024.
1: Reporter Nolan Clay is here today. Nolan, you reported on a schedule of executions that the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals set a week ago. Your story notes that under this new schedule, Oklahoma's execution chamber in McAllister would be one of the busiest in the country. So what sets the schedule apart from other states and from how Oklahoma handled the death penalty in the past?
2: Well, we have a situation where we had the death penalty on on, on hold for a number of years, and these... Uh, inmates uh, had had their appeals exhausted. And then they challenged the protocol and said the first drug, sedative midazolam, doesn't work right. They'll be exposed to pain and suffering that reaches a level that violates the constitutional prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. Well, the judge took that into consideration and he said uh, it's constitutional. So all these executions that that have been on pause, are now going to go. And so, with that backlog, we're going to have a bunch in a row for years.
1: And your story notes that this is pretty different from the trend that we're seeing nationwide with other states.
2: Well, the trend is a lot of states have abolished the death penalty, and more and more, the death penalty is not imposed by juries. Juries just don't want to give it anymore. But what's happened here is you've got cases that date back to... One of them dates back to 1984. Some of them date back to the 90s. There wasn't this, uh, oh, no, we can't give the death penalty. Oklahoma juries here gave the death penalty a lot as a deterrent. And uh, so you have all these cases from a time when you didn't have this growing stigma against the death penalty that are now coming uh, to a place where they're going to be executed. So this trend doesn't really apply to them, and there's no movement in the state against the death penalty. Oklahomans put it in the the Constitution a few years ago, and the death penalty is still big here.
0: So let's talk about this execution schedule. Oklahoma's Attorney General John O'Connor proposed the schedule last month, and the Court of Criminal Appeals agreed to it. Why did O'Connor ask for the death penalty to take place with so much frequency?
2: Well, uh... Take a step back. Uh, back in the fall, uh, a number of these inmates were kicked out of the lawsuit uh, for reasons we don't need to get into here. And one of them had never been a part of the lawsuit. And their executions were scheduled like three every three weeks apart. And uh, only four of them went through. Two of them were put back in the lawsuit. And Julius Jones, uh, was uh, his sentence was commuted. So we had four executed. Now, the AG uh, asked for a schedule of every four weeks if possible. Not every three weeks, but every four weeks. And part of that was because DOC, Department of Corrections, which carries out the executions, asked for that. I don't know the reasons, but I imagine it was it's pretty stressful on the security and everything to do it every three weeks. I imagine that's the reason. So they asked for it. Uh, uh, no frequently than every four weeks. Then the pardon parole board said they wanted to do their clemency hearings on their regularly scheduled meetings, and they meet at a certain time. So O'Connor suggests the schedule that pretty much would have been every four weeks. Now, the Court of Criminal Appeals didn't see it quite that way. They did the first six like every month, and then they had a break. It's about two months total, and then uh, another phase, six, and then another break, another phase of six, and then another break, and then another phase of six, and then a break, and then the the final one. Now, the reason the Attorney General wanted uh, the stated reason was that Families of the victims have waited long enough, and it's time to get these going. So he asked for this ambitious schedule. I think what you'll see, 25, I mean, as I said, we had seven scheduled, only four went through. Of these 25, I would predict that only 20 of them will go through. Some of these may uh, uh, find uh, clemency at the with the governor, whoever that may be. That's doubtful, but some of them may. And more likely is that some of them have reached a mental state that they will be uh, found to be unable to be executed. Now, they there weren't incompetent when they were tried, or they weren't found to be insane. But some of these people have severe mental issues that their attorneys say have only gotten worse and have now progressed to a point that they are unable to be executed without violating this constitutional prohibition against cruel and unusual punishment. I think we've got a couple that uh, may uh, be spared for that reason, and uh, there may be a couple more who uh, get spared for other reasons.
1: Oklahoma paused executions 2015 because of issues administering the right pharmaceutical drugs necessary to carry out an execution. That decision to hit the pause button was made less than an hour before inmate Richard Glossop was scheduled to die. Now, under the new death penalty schedule, Glossop has a new execution date. But some people insist this execution shouldn't happen. So can you tell us the story behind Glossop's case and why some people are so supportive of him?
2: Well, that's uh, that's a complicated uh, answer, but uh, to simplify, uh, Glossop was convicted not of killing the guy himself, but of a murder for hire where he uh, was accused and convicted of, of offering to pay a, a maintenance man slash handyman to kill the motel owner, Glossop's boss, and the guy confessed that he did it at Glossop's Uh, orders. There are some who say that uh, the actual killer was lying to save himself. That the police had tunnel vision, focused on gossip, and didn't even investigate fully. There are also some who say that uh, this uh, actual killer has admitted as much to people in the jail at the time and to people in prison since then, that he did it, that it was a botched robbery. The guy was supposedly a meth addict and that he uh, was was robbing the motel owner to, uh, to get drug money and it went wrong and he blamed Glossop to get out of the death penalty himself. Now, the second part of that is some of these inmates uh, and their actual innocence claims tend to take off if they are featured on Netflix or or some other program uh, and if they have the backing of a major celebrity. We saw that in Julius Jones. There was a documentary about him, I believe it was on ABC, and then he had Kim Kardashian, who was very outspoken. Glossop I think it was a Netflix program, but he had Susan Sarandon, who played uh, the nun in Dead Man Walking, who spoke out for him in 2015, and that attracted quite a bit of attention to his case, which lives on.
1: And there are folks with real political power in Oklahoma who are supportive of him as well. Is that fair to say?
2: Uh, yes. Legislators, uh, Kevin McDougall for one, have a uh, Uh, openly said that this is an innocent man, and uh, they pushed for a uh, a law firm to review the evidence. The law firm said there are all kinds of problems with the case. Well, critics of this law firm's work suggest that they are not truly independent because they are aligned with death penalty advocates and have done some work for them.
0: Richard Glossop is scheduled to die, but he's filed a new challenge against his death He filed that last week. What are the new points that he's raising?
2: Well, he claims through his attorneys that there is new evidence discovered by this law firm that uh, support that this key witness against him is lying. He also claims that uh, evidence that could have possibly exonerated him, was destroyed between the first trial and his retrial, and he raises a number of other issues. The response from the AG is going to be that this has already been litigated, that he's brought this up before about the guy being a a snitch and framing him perhaps, and that this evidence being destroyed has come up before, and the Court of Criminal Appeals is not expected to uh, give him much relief but they they could they could order an evidentiary hearing that's what he that's the first thing he wants is an evidentiary hearing that would push it back to an Oklahoma County judge which would take a while for the Oklahoma County judge to hear witnesses make a report and I mean his execution would certainly not go in September if that happens I don't anticipate that he will get an evidentiary hearing, and I anticipate that the execution most likely will go forward.
1: So, Nolan, even though these inmates have execution dates, they can seek clemency starting with the Pardon and Parole Board. So is there still an opportunity that some of these people could receive some kind of mercy?
2: There is. The governor has the ultimate say, and that ultimate say only comes if the Pardon and Parole Board recommends clemency. Now, the pardon parole board makeup has changed where uh, the chances of the pardon parole board recommending clemency have diminished. And the chances of the governor uh, giving clemency are not considered very high either, particularly in an election year, although some people say that STIT doesn't really have much to worry about. Still, I mean, Glossop is, uh, is coming up this fall. If Glossop was coming up next year, uh, arguably we could have another a new governor. If it was uh, Governor Hoffmeister, maybe that would change things. Governor Stitt has been very much in favor of the death penalty. Uh, he did grant Julius Jones clemency, and it could happen again if the pardon and parole board recommends it, if the pardon parole board says no, then the governor doesn't get a chance to say, oh, you guys are wrong. I'm going to give it to him anyway. The governor doesn't have any say so uh, after that.
1: There are also times, even when the state pardon and parole board recommends some form of clemency, that the governor says no, the execution is going to go forward.
2: Well, that's true. That happened uh, last time where the uh, pardon and parole board, because of concerns about what happened at the First execution in years where the inmate had thrown up or regurgitated or whatever happened, uh, uh, food came back out. Uh, that they, The next person up, they voted 3-2 for clemency to Bigler Stouffer, but the uh, governor said no.
0: Well, Nolan, thanks for joining us this week. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can You can read these stories and more every day in The Oklahoman and oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.